You're listening to the Mind Made Wrong podcast, presented by Steel Maggie, episode number four. beautiful creators. It's Steel Maggie. Now I know you're absolutely killing it this week, aligning your mindset, creating those beautiful things we love so much on this podcast. But I know this guest that I have on today is going to leave you feeling even more inspired and motivated to do what's calling you. I am privileged to be bringing you such a talented producer and super valuable contributor to the Make Pop Music community on Facebook Jason Boulay. How are you today, Jason? I'm doing fabulous. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to get started. But before, um, before we get started, um, I'd like you to tell everyone, I like to do this first, um, where we can find you and follow you on social media. I like to get that out of the way. Yeah, no problem. And I appreciate it. Um, so on all the socials, I'm just at Jason Boulay. On Facebook, I think it's Jason Boulay, music producer. And then my website is www.jasonboulay.com. Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy. And that's Love it. B-O-U-L-E. Yes, yes. <laughs> it can, can be different different to spell. Um, so, and also, but, but, disclaimer, I've got to tell you, I, I'm watching. I watch everyone. And with that Make Pop Music community, I've talked about it on the previous episode with John McLucas. Uh, but you definitely have a flow with how you interact in the community. So I'm going to be asking some questions about that. I'm taking notes because I'm awkward as hell and I'm trying to be able to talk with people in an engaging and valuable way. So I'm kind of, I, I, there's, there's certain people that I, that I watch, you know, and you're one of them. Um, so just wanted to let you know that it's definitely your role model, I guess. Um, so that's, I just wanted to let you know. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's pretty Pretty cool. Okay. All right. So we're going to dive in here. Let me be curious a bit because I always, always love hearing everyone's come up story. Let us in on how you became a producer and made that big leap to do music full time. Yeah. So basically like I'd been making music, you know, at I learned guitar. I took guitar lessons from my dad growing or with my dad growing up. Uh, we took, we had the same teacher and stuff and, you know, he, he always like motivated me to sort of, um, pursue, pursue that. Like any, any of us kids, like when we had like a passion, he kind of threw gas on the flame. And, uh, when, when I graduated, yeah, he was great. And then after I, after I graduated high school, I thought I wanted to go to Berkeley college of music. So I, uh, I applied there and I took a summer program, but when I took that program, I realized that I didn't really like that military approach to music making. So I was still trying to, like my parents were like, well, you got to go to college. You got to do something, you know, like (laughs) you can't just like sit around the house and play music, you know? And I'm like, fuck that. That's bullshit. That's all I want to do. Like I totally can. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) And I, I, uh, I found this uh, this school here in the Bay Area. Uh, I'm from like the San Francisco East Bay area, and uh-huh. uh, 
there's this uh, school called Expression College of Music or Expression College for Digital Arts. And uh, I, I studied audio engineering there and music production. And I thought I wanted to be an engineer because I didn't want to put the pressure on the music side of it because of like my experience at Berkeley. So I thought that that was like a way for me to get into making music, but not having it like in a way that, you know, makes me fall out of love with music. You know what I mean? Ooh, yeah, definitely. Because sometimes the, the rigors, they really get into the super nitty gritty and you're like, Hey, this is not, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. You know, I, I definitely find a lot, it, there's a lot of information, but you can really lose your love for it in pursuing um, a level of, of um, I guess, mastery that someone else kind of expects of you that you're not particularly in, in a direction that you never decided to go. You know, I definitely empathize with that. Yeah, it was just, you know, I, I wanted to like make sure that whatever I was like, the whole reason for wanting to pursue something in music for me was so it didn't really feel like a job. Yeah. But then, you know, like if, if I'm like forced to like, you know, play things in a certain way or like, you know, have to like practice like a million scales and stuff like now that's fun for me because like I do it in my own time. But like at the time, like the engineering side of it drew me because it was like, more like I was involved in helping people with the creative process and you know helping them realize their visions but I was like separated it to, from it to an extent right uh, but but as I went through the program which you know was it was a grueling program they yeah. they're full immersion so like we would have labs that were from 12 a.m to 4 a.m you know because that's when bands book time to record and um oh. you know, so while I was going to school there, I was also doing things outside of school. I, I had jobs, um, you know, interning at recording studios or, you know, I, I took a, you know, a job for, at the Grammy Awards, the Recording Academy, as their Grammy U representative. After that, I was like working out as a board operator. I heard of that. A radio station. So like I was always like doing stuff and then also had this full-time like crazy schedule school. So I sort of burnt myself out after a certain point. And um, what that all made me realize basically was I was doing all of these jobs within the music industry, but I didn't really like any of them. <laughs> Not the one you wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I sort of, you know, I was involved in the music industry and, you know, I'm making all these great connections and stuff but it doesn't really matter because I'm like not enjoying it and I'm burnt out and I'm like getting like four hours of sleep a night and like, you know, just not having a good time like that. You, have you ever seen that meme? That's like, bro, I'm straight up not having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> that was literally me. That was literally that meme. <laughs> oh my God. But, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Sorry. Continue. Oh, it's all good. Yeah. Um, so basically I ended up getting actually fired from my job at the recording studio that I was working at because I was so underslept that I ended up like oversleeping and I was late for opening up the studio for a session. And then they were like, well, you know, that's not, not acceptable because people yeah. are paying for these hours. So you're fired. So I'm like, all right. 
So that was like, okay, you know what? Maybe like I'm overworking myself and I need to take a step back. So I ended up quitting doing like pursuing the music thing in that regard. I'm always like making music on my own, you know? Actually, it's funny. Like I'll, I'll circle back in a second. Um, but the reason I started making beats in the first place was because I was working at, and the reason I went to Expression too, I was working at Lowe's, which is like a hardware store. And oh, you've worked so many places. I've, I've had so many jobs. <laughs> yeah. But while I was working at this hardware store, yeah, I I met this kid Derek, who uh, we did like the checkout stand together, and uh, he was talking about how he was making beats. So I started like collabing with him and playing guitar, and then you know he told me about what his setup was. So then I went out and bought an interface and speakers, and we would collab and like he'd mix my track or like whatever, you know, and so that was like the whole reason I started producing sort of. So I was always doing this on the side, but never really saw it as like a career. Yet. You all, yeah, you had all the other auxiliary music stuff and then you were like never hitting what you actually wanted. Exactly. Yeah, until, until Derek. Yeah, until Derek. And then, so basically after college, you know, I'm still producing on the side, but not, you know, not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had people, you know, from my jobs, you know, at the Grammys and stuff where I could like show them my beats and like, what do you think of this? And then like, usually they'd be like, eh. <laughs> you know? and then I'd get like really demotivated, but I'd just like, fuck it, I got to keep going and keep getting better and, you know, all that stuff. And then I collab with my friend Greg and, you know, all these people and slowly like gaining confidence in myself. Um, but then I ended up after school, I took a break from that and I started doing like corporate audiovisual because like, you know, living in the Bay Area is fucking expensive. So oh, woof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, you know, I can't live with my parents forever. So I I took like, you know, a corporate AG, AV job and then uh, that one was like based out of Facebook, which was cool. But I bounced around like those tech companies a little bit, just and I worked at like Specialized, which is a bicycle company, and then, you know, Google, and, you know, did all these things. But my last job at Google was what sort of made me, made something click. Because the whole time that I was working at those audiovisual jobs, like, I was like always feeling sort of underpaid and underappreciated for the amount of work that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And then when I worked at Google, I was not underappreciated or underpaid in fact i was like i felt like spoiled because like they give you free food and they give you like all these benefits and like there's free gyms there there's free like a rock climbing wall there's like it's like a dream to work there you know oh yeah i've heard google is like like just fantastic place to work <laughs> yeah. yeah so after a while i sort of realized like like the novelty of it wore off and I realized like, I'm like not happy, you know, like I thought I was like depressed for all of these other reasons, you know, now I have no reason to like not be happy, like by everybody's standards on the planet, I'm living the, the life, you know what I mean? Like I was yeah. living in Santa Cruz at the time, like three blocks from the beach, Gorgeous, you know, you know making yeah. a great uh, living, you know, yeah. and um you know, I loved my coworkers. They were awesome. You know, like I literally had nothing to complain about. But I remember my, um, I was talking to my dad over the holidays and I was like, dad, I'm fucking depressed. I don't know what to do. Um, I'm like, I, I should be happy, but I'm like not. And I either want to like quit my job and like travel, like and live in like Thailand for a year or something crazy. <laughs> or, like, 
<laughs> or like maybe like tried you know living in LA and see if I like the music thing again and he's like fucking move to Thailand <laughs> and, and uh so like I thought about that you know but then I was like after sending one of my beats or a few I sent a couple songs that I was working on to this uh this engineer uh that I met through the Grammys who's now working for like a big producer down in LA. I won't call him out, but basically uh, I sent him these songs and I was like, are my songs any good? And if they are like, what do I do? <laughs> and he was like, I mean, the beats, the beats are good and stuff, but it's just like, you know, you're not gonna, like, if you want to be like a writer producer, like you have to like get in the room. So like you need to, you know, start making trips down to LA and like meet people and just work with people and just try to keep working with better singers and better writers and all that. Mm -hmm. So I started uh, to, I started to do these trips and at the time I could afford it because I, you know, was, had a good job and stuff. So I was like getting an Airbnb on the weekends and driving down, you know, like every other weekend sometimes every weekend you know like and wow. sometimes I'd go down to LA and I wouldn't meet anybody I wouldn't have anybody to hang out with but I leaned a lot on you know um groups on Facebook like make pop music you know where you know I could just like see where on Facebook like where people lived and then message them hey you're in LA let's get a coffee or hey let's like you know make music or whatever you know so eventually, like, I started slowly getting sessions. And then I, I met this, like, I, I got struck by lightning. And one of my trips, when I was going to meet with this, uh, this artist, I was working with Sarah McGowan, she was at this Airbnb, and she was like, sort of talking me up to the hosts there. And like, like, oh, yeah, this guy's a great producer. And it turned out that the host uh, partner at the time, uh, Devin Perry, was a uh, an artist, and so he was like, "Oh, you you should come back and work with Devin. You know, I'll I'll you know help you like with a place to stay and stuff, and then you know you can figure it out." And so basically, I ended up staying with them like at Airbnbs every so often for free in exchange for like producing songs for Devin. You know, mm, okay. so that was like amazing. You know, and that was like one one little thing Movement. that like, yeah universe like hey like you could probably like do this like just you know here's like one way to make it easier you know and so eventually like those those guys became like my LA family and they were very like important in like helping me move down uh, and like believe in myself you know basically I was living with those guys when I first moved to LA that gave me like sort of a base to like, like a home base to like bring people in for sessions and you know just to practice my chops as a producer and working with artists and all that stuff but yeah that's like the main so eventually like after they like I met all of them and I was like okay I have enough people to work with now and I've like you know sort of like tested the waters in LA then I was basically like you know what I'm not happy I've saved up some money fuck it, I'm going to quit my great job and everybody's going to think I'm dumb, but I'm going to quit my job at Google to go work in music. <laughs> dumbest shit I've ever done in my life, but I'm way happier for it. So. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. No, that it's dumb to everyone else. It's dumb to conventional wisdom, but it's absolutely genius in terms of your own life. Like You know exactly what was going to benefit you because if you knew you stayed, you would have not been doing well today. You know, it's just, it's instinct and you did it. 
And that's just, that's just incredibly inspiring. Like it took you a while, you know, it's, it's, and you went through it. Um, and you, you committed. I think that's the big deal. I know. I wish I committed to it earlier, but I oh, think, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that I also like, cause you know, I'm, I'm 29 now, you know? So it's like uh-huh. at 28 years old, I made that decision to like finally go for it, you know, which like maybe I should have done that right after college or maybe before, you know, like who knows? Like, but I feel like all of that time sort of like helped me like realize what my values were. Mm-hmm. And my values are like 100% not like money motivated or like anything for the wrong reasons. You know, that whole process made me made that super clear to me because it's like, I'm okay now, like giving up stability and living, you know, a lifestyle that was very comfortable, you know, to go into some uncharted territory because it's something that I love doing, you know? Absolutely. So I kind of want to get, let's get into the more of the theme um, now, because I think that's a good segue um, of this podcast, Mind Made Wrong. Um, I always like to ask, was there ever a moment in your life when you felt or believed your mind was made wrong? Um, possibly, yeah. I mean, like I was, so last year when my dad was sick, you know, I mentioned that I had like a lot of uh, anxiety, you know, which... Yeah. Yeah, I think anybody probably would. Uh, but I was my anxiety was so intense last year that I literally thought I was going crazy. Like I was like, I, I couldn't really like, I don't know, I couldn't focus on things. And like, I was like, sort of like, I don't know, it's really, it's really hard to explain where my mindset was at. But I was just like, really, like, I wasn't sure, like, if I was like, totally sane or not. Like, because I was like thinking all these crazy thoughts because like my brain was going like a hundred million miles an hour. Um, But yeah, that was like definitely a point where I was like, maybe like, maybe I'm not, maybe there's like really something wrong with me. You know, I think like that was definitely like something that was just like, because of that particular time period and like you know i was i was also you know driving to work you know when i was working at google i was having like a lot of like panic attacks and like like it was almost every day when i was driving to to or from work i would have have a panic attack to this amazing job you know yeah Yeah. yeah. it's just like you know sitting in traffic for two hours and just feeling claustrophobic and you know all like popped up on caffeine (laughs) <laughs> the recipe for disaster i think i i definitely feel that because anxiety and you know um you know in coalition with like a panic disorder or a panic issue de- can definitely make you feel like you are clinically crazy you know um i don't really like to use that word like that but um i definitely having had some panic issues um, earlier in my life as well, it's, it really, you don't know what is what when it comes to your own mental stability and your own emotional stability. So, and it's really hard to think clearly about where you're going, you know, in life when it's so cloudy that way. So, um, so I want to move to today, um, you know, currently, what is the most significant struggle you face right now when it comes to the relationship between your own mental health and working in the music industry today, if you feel comfortable talking about that. Totally. Um, so I think 
I think the biggest thing still for me, you know, not letting sort of depression uh, rule my life because like I, you know, I still deal with it. Like things like just like the things that I can control are like how often that I like force myself to get outside and go walk around, you know, and get the sun or my diet or, you know, how active I am or, you know, like those sort of things. Um, And like the biggest, the biggest obstacle I think with like depression as somebody who is a business, you know, you're a small business when you're an, an entrepreneur and you're working as like a freelance music producer. Um, so the biggest thing for me is like just trying to, you know, motivate myself in the morning to like start my work and, you know, get things done because it's like when you're, when you're depressed, you don't want to do anything. Like taking a shower is a big deal, you know, like going and shopping for groceries instead of like ordering Postmates or something like that's like a big deal, you know? And so like, for me, it's like all of these like small tasks, um, I sort of like one of the things that I do is I, I, at night, like I'll write a list of everything that I need to do, even the small things, you know, for the next day. And then I can like physically cross them off with a pen. And that makes me feel like I'm achieving something, you know? So it's like, okay, took a shower, like, you know, made, made breakfast, like did vocal edits for Miguel, you know, like did whatever, you know, like it's, it's like all of these little things that like sort of like keep me motivated. Cause like at the beginning of this list, I'm like looking at this huge list and it's giving me anxiety looking at all these things that I need to do, but it gets a little bit better with each thing that I get to cross off. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's I like the biggest that. obstacle is just starting to begin with. Yeah, I love, I absolutely love that. I'm going to steal that, okay? Because I, it's so encouraging. And a lot of times these things that people take for granted, like taking a shower, you know, more of like kind of like a, from a neurotypical standpoint, it's like, oh yeah, you're disgusting and dirty if you don't want to take a shower. Like, why don't you want to do this? Like, why is making breakfast such a big deal? You know, and it, the chemicals that we're kind of affected with and don't have the best balance of, um, you know, those of us that suffer with depression and bipolar and other things, um, it's not easy to do the basics. And I love what you said when you put it down and you're able to physically like, oh, this is something that I achieved today. You know, it's not just something that I did that I feel like I have to do, you know, Um, because that can kind of get like, oh, because I don't want to do it. There's a little bit of shame involved. Um, I absolutely love that. That's like top tip. I love it. Yes. (laughs) I was going to ask you, um, what does what does self-care mean to you and how do you put it into practice? But I think that was a that was a really good statement there you already gave that to me so that was good can you elaborate a little bit more yeah i mean like for me like self-care is uh like the things that i've realized are like so crucial for my mental well-being are like like diet and exercise and like getting sunlight you know those like those three things and like i i personally have found that my from a mental health standpoint like eating like basically a whole food paleo type diet mm-hmm. is like the best way for for my brain for some reason like like when i'm not eating that stuff and i'm eating like you know junk food like burgers or you know whatever you know like i literally feel a change in the way that my 
brain, like the way that I approach situations and the way that like emotionally, like I react to things. Ooh, I like that too. That's fast. I'm, I'm sure there's a science behind that. Um, I'm, I'm sure because people do say they feel so much duller when they're eating a refined flour and sugar. Um, so just from like a, an energy standpoint, I'm sure with the, with the mental, um, the, the chemicals, I'm sure it has, that is so scientifically based. I've got to get into that. I do keto. Um, and that was, per, that was strictly for a weight loss, um, thing, but, um, I'm, I'm very, I'm very interested in, um, well, for years I did, I did like basically a ketogenic version of paleo. Yeah. So it's like, it's the same thing. It's just, you know, um, a little bit stricter. Yeah. So no, no carbs. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I don't, I don't like, I, I don't, uh, always stay in ketosis. I consider myself like paleo before, you know, keto, but I do like tread on that line sometimes, you know? So it's like, and I've done that for years as like on and off, like done the keto thing. But I, I truly believe that like the whole foods is like the most important part of it, you know, not like adding in a bunch of, you know, cheese or like fats or, you know, things like that. It's more like just focus on like the whole foods part of it, you know, and um, try, try to avoid like fake sugars and things like that. I feel like that stuff affects me too. Um, but yeah, just like whole, the whole foods approach for me personally has like, that's like the biggest factor for me. Like, and like when I'm eating good and it's like, you know, when you, you know, when you do like get into like ketosis, for example, like you immediately lose like, you know, a few pounds of uh, water weight. Mm-hmm. Right. So that little bit is like a motivator and it's like, oh, cool. Like I've already achieved something in like three days, you know, so yeah. I'm going to keep going, you know, and as long as you keep those like good habits rolling you know it's it's like all plays into itself I feel like that's such a that's such a good tip and that's something that I would not have thought about as something that actually affects I mean of course diet and exercise affects you know your outlook you know on life with exercise um with the chemicals that it produces and mainly even just getting outside and getting out of this box that we call the studio. (laughs) And um, a bunch of small, dark rooms. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Small, dark rooms. You're basically putting yourself in Alaska, um, you know, with like the air conditioning and everything as well. Um, So you don't get that vitamin D, you don't get that sunlight, almost give yourself a a form of seasonal affective disorder just by (laughs) your working habits. Um, So that is, that's just, I I love that. That's going in the show notes, all of these little, all these little tidbits. I want to get into, um, from your perspective as a producer, what do you see as the biggest pain point for musicians and creatives mental health in 2019? I know this is a loaded question. And if you could fix the crisis with one sentence, what would it be? I think to me, cause, cause it's, I think it's not just with music producers and creatives. But oh yeah. 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 A generational thing almost. Mm-hmm. I think, I think a lot of like the modern conveniences, you know, almost like set us up for, you know, having issues and stuff, you know, like we're looking at screens for 12 hours a day and we're, you know, like we, we have the ability to be lazy as fuck. Like, you know, we can order all of our meals, you know, have somebody pick us up in an Uber and take us wherever, you know, and it's like, like we're, we don't have to be active. We don't have to go outside. Like we don't like, 
so we're set up almost for failure. So I'd say like, take, like let yourself be a priority, you know, and like take control of your life. Cause that's, that's the hardest thing to do, obviously, especially when you're in those, that mind space, all you have to do is like something, <laughs> you know, you just have to get the ball rolling, you know, and then eventually it'll start to snowball. And if you fuck up and you fail and you like have a day where you should have done your work and you didn't do anything, it's like the next day, just do it. You know, just, yes. you have to just, just keep doing it and keep taking steps forward. You know, like it doesn't matter how many times you fail, as long as like you keep trying, you know, like that's the only thing is like, just take action. You know, you know what you need to do. Everybody knows what they need to do, but just Ooh, need to yeah. do it. Yes. I, I love that. I take action. Um, you know, John, John McLucas, my producer last week actually said the exact same thing. Um, it's, it's so true. We get so locked into, um, kind of this all or nothing mentality, especially, especially as people affected with depression. It's very black and white. Um, at least I've noticed for myself and there's this, this perfectionism that, if it's not, if I didn't do this all out today, I'm not going to do it ever again, <laughs> you know? And, um, I, I love the little bit by bit, bit by bit, you know, you can, you can do something a quarter of the way and you, you stepped into that. Um, don't be afraid to fail. Um, I give yourself the room to do that. I love that. Prioritize. You said prioritize yourself. And that is also from a space of genius because we just don't a lot of times we prioritize um, all the action around us and we don't say, Hey, am I doing well? You know, um, which is, which is understandable, but I really like that you highlighted that. Um, and I, with all the busyness kind of like around it, I, this is like, that's like a perfect segue because I want to talk about a little bit about your perspective um, about engagement on social media, because that is something for me that I get very anxious about. Um, you definitely appear to be very consistent. It's, and that's something I've always struggled with. It, like I said, it generates a lot of anxiety for me because of the way I think about it. Like it, it just becomes very personal. And um, I do take things very personally. And I just kind of want to ask how you stay balanced like what's your perspective on all of that um well with the social media stuff like i think it took me a while to find my voice Ooh, okay but one of the things that i realized after a certain point people connect with vulnerability you know mm -hmm. so when you allow yourself to like have a controversial opinion about something or yeah. allow yourself to like talk about the not so good things in your life and how like that, you know, like, you know, like I talk about things sometimes that are like things that I like, I need to work on, you know, and like things that I am not like proud of. And then sometimes it's just like sharing, like people have been liking recently, like I've been sharing all these like stupid stories of like things that happen while I'm in Ubers, you know, and it's like, <laughs> it doesn't have to always be music related, you know, it can be like just other stuff that just shows a window into your life, you know, but I think like, that's okay. the biggest thing for me is like, like, don't put pressure on it too much. 
like I'd like to like have a balance between the stuff that's serious and like talking about you know music and like offering like different my perspective on things you know and like all, all of that stuff but it's just there's just a balance of it and it, I think it's just comes down to vulnerability and doing something that's genuine to you you know and that's like what I think people connect with is like things that don't feel too contrived that feel like yeah who you really are as a person you know yeah you don't want it to be so packaged all the time I like that I like that because it's it when the package you know the package can be could be good um but when you're trying to connect with an audience um it's not always because people people who are also especially your listeners are usually not musicians or they're not they're not in your industry so they're looking for something else i think that is something that they more that they can relate to you as a person so i like that you really mentioned the the balance there you know it's you be personal but don't take it personally i think that's i think that's what i, I think that's what i took from that i absolutely love that i have one more question for you. You've been absolutely fantastic. I'm just, I'm learning, I'm learning so much. I just learned so much from all of you. Um, how have you created beautiful things so far in 2019? And what are your plans to continue to create beautiful things for the rest of this year? Yeah. So I've, uh, basically in 20, 2019 so far, I've, uh, I've been working with a few artists, um, uh, December Rose, who I met in the Make Pop Music Group. All right. Um, I've been doing stuff with uh, this guy, um, Miguel. He goes by uh, Myall, M-Y-A-L-L. He's -L. really great. And then ton tons of like writing sessions. You know, I have, I have a few other production projects that um, are going on too that coming out soon. Um, yeah. Uh, basically, like I've, I've, I've been working not just as a producer, but also just as a writer you know, and like collaborating, yes. with, collaborating with people and co-writing and doing a lot of that. That's one of my favorite things to do. I actually consider myself a writer before a producer, you know, like I think the production is important, but it always has to start with the song. Mm -hmm. So I, I basically, I've been continuing to do that. And that's like what my plans are. Uh, I've been working on, you know, I've, I've just like been trying to write with as many different people as possible and try to, because I feel like that helped me grow both as like, a songwriter and a producer uh, just working with as many different people as possible and different genres and stuff and always trying to like sort of push myself out of my comfort zone because I think that's where all the good stuff is is like outside of where I'm comfortable I I have a quote that I absolutely love from um, one of the podcasts I listened to from this woman named Brooke Castillo. She says, discomfort is the currency for your success. And I think you just kind of, that you hit it on the head. It just kind of popped into my head. That's exactly when you're out of your comfort zone, you do create beautiful things. And the more you collaborate with other people, the more chances I think that you have to make something that's really kind of outside of you. Mm. Um, so I really there's, there's one book that I read that's about stoicism called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Ooh, I've been I've been thinking about I've been hearing a lot about stoicism. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so basically that that book was like really cool for me because it's like, you know, he gives all these like basically small lessons of, you know, what the stoics thought about certain scenarios and like mm -hmm. he applies them to like 
practical real life scenarios in the modern world and stuff. And um, basically what the, the general theme is, you know, is like the obstacle is the way, like the only way past Mm -hmm. and uh, the boulder in the road is through it. You know, like you can't, (laughs) you're not going to like be able to move the boulder or walk around it. You know, you have to go, you know, you, all of the good things that come are like, beyond it you know it's like i don't know that's uh not summing this up well but basically um, no i got it no you got it yeah it's just it's just like to me it's like there's there's not an easy way especially in the music industry and especially like but it applies to everything but it's like there's no shortcut to getting a hit song you know in order to get a hit song you have to write a lot of fucking songs you know so you have to like just put in the work And you have to, you know, write 300 songs in, you know, a year or two, you know, and just like keep doing that. And then maybe a few of those will be good. So it's, it's not about finding a shortcut. It's about like getting through as like going through all of the proper steps and putting in the work and doing the work to make sure that, you know, like all of the things that you don't want to do, like those social media posts and the follow-up stuff and like promoting your album, submitting to blogs and playlists and, you know, putting up ads on Facebook and Instagram to promote your artist pages or promote your, you know, anything like that. Like all of these things that just sound like a lot of work and that most people don't do, like those are the things that it takes in order to, to get where you want to be. You know what I mean? All of those steps that, you know, like those obstacles, that's the way, (laughs) you know, you have to like get through that in order to get to where you need to be. The obstacle is the way you're speaking to me directly, Jason. I I feel this. I feel this in my soul. I'm going to be editing this and I'm going to be taking notes. (laughs) Uh, We're going to find, I'm going to put that book in the show notes. It's going to be, I, I might, I'm, I'm probably going to, um, actually, I'm definitely going to check that out. Um, so I, I, that's just, fantastic the obstacle is the way what a, what a great way to wrap this up thank you so so much jason i really appreciate you taking time out of your day to talk with us about mindset and mental health no problem my pleasure and you've been yeah. a wonderful host thank you for having me <laughs> thank you i try <laughs> i'm just starting um it means a lot um everyone that was producer jason boulet you can find him remind us where please Yep. At Jason Boulay and all the social medias. Yes. All of the, all the, all the, all all the medias, all the internets. I absolutely love it. I've got to follow, I've got to follow you on Instagram. Um, so, all right. All right, my friends, I will see you next week for another fabulous episode of mind made wrong. Please don't forget to subscribe or follow wherever you listen so that we can hang out every single Friday. I so love our little chats, but until then, Let's go create beautiful things.